Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast. We're here in Conference Championship Weekend. Uh, two podcasts to go and I'm always joined by my co-host Daryl. How are you, Daryl? Enjoying the uh, summer, the heat wave? Or Actually, Melbourne's kind of escaped it, I think. Now it's just mostly Sydney. Yeah, we had a few hot days and then uh, it tends to have a coincide with the start of the tennis in Melbourne. Uh, and yep. then, yeah, today it's just been raining. So I imagine both the cricket and the tennis have been uh, impacted. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I normally turn my AC off when I record just because it's a little bit of extra background noise and we struggle with audio as is. Um, but, yeah, it's 45 degrees outside. So if, if that's going to bother you in this episode, um, I am not sorry at all um, because <laughs> I will not last, even though we've only got two games to cover. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a little bit of a shorter episode. Um Second last one of the season. It's gone very, very quickly. What was your thoughts on the divisional round? I didn't see a lot of it. Um, I have my folks over from the UK at the moment, so I've been doing a bit of stuff with them. Um, but I saw some of the highlights of the games. Um, seemed like it was an enjoyable weekend of football. I think from a betting perspective, um, kind of two and one from an SI perspective, um, Kansas City and the Rams uh, both covering. Uh, then Chargers was a loss. Yeah. Um, it was interesting for a while. Um, and we ended up with nothing on the New Orleans Philadelphia game, which I think was the same when we recorded the pod. Um, we were basically in line with the market on that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the postseason's gone sort of completely chalk. The four top seeds are now in the playoffs uh, in the final four. So we've got a pair of number one versus number two seeds showing down in the conference rounds. We ha- actually haven't had that uh, um, in both conferences since 2015 when we had the Panthers and Cardinals and the Broncos and Patriots face each other. Um, and one more interesting wrinkle of the teams that are left in the contest as well are um, the top four of these uh, teams uh, are the highest scoring uh, offenses in the NFL, all four of them. Um, they're also both uh, rematches of regular season contests uh, and both games featured 80 plus points as well. So even if you're not betting, grab the popcorn um, and sit down and enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, as I said last week, um, after my amazing wildcard weekend, I said to, to fade me because regression to the mean was coming. So that was probably about the only thing I was right on, um, last week. Um, I went two and three or two and four if you took my bet on the Colts total, but I did mention, or so did you as well, to, to wait on the weather. And when I saw that snow and those conditions, yeah. I completely, um, bowed out of that one. So, um, that's something to always, uh, always think about and always consider. Um, so Eagles plus eight and the Rams minus seven were my two wins um, as well. So uh, we should have gone with the with the Rams as a lock, um, unfortunately, Daryl. Yeah, we should have. Um, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it's always the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Those damn Patriots. Um, okay, so before we get into conference championship weekend, um, the early Super Bowl lines are out, um, something to monitor as well. Um, Chiefs, so basically the NFC is favoured in, in any situation. Um, if it's Chiefs, Rams, it's going to be Pick'em. If it's Patriots, Rams, it's Pick'em. Um, and then Saints, uh, minus one and a half, depending on who they play. Obviously, those are subject to change depending on how they play. If someone completely uh, annihilates a team and has an impressive showing, then that'll obviously change things. Um, but the way that it looks like, it seems that the Saints are, are the, the number one team um, across uh, across the board for for all the bookmakers, uh, you know, before uh, conference weekend starts. Yeah, I mean, I, futures at this point in the season, I think, is a fairly clear path for everybody. So I think they're more or less priced correctly. Um, I used to be 
I used to find some interesting kind of middles or weird kind of betting combinations with sort of AFC v NFC Super Bowl markets. Um, back when I was betting in the offshore days, I haven't really scouted around to see what's out there, but uh, you often get some interesting kind of propositions thrown up at this time of year and we'll settle on the Super Bowl providing some interesting value. Yeah, exactly. And you can always keep an eye out. There's always there's exact sort of eight-way markets where it's like Chiefs beat the Rams or Rams beat the Chiefs and, and all sort of fixed future prices there. So if you have taken some other uh, sort of futures options and, and you've still got tickets remaining, you can kind of hedge your bets on some more of exotic markets to try and level out uh, and, you know, cover your bases in that regard. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we need to say about uh, about that and, and about last week. So let's uh, let's get straight into the conference championships. But first, a word from our sponsors. Looking for a bit of a leg up on the punt this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure what the value is? Get a sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions with featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Always gamble responsibly. Okay, conference championships, two games Monday morning here in Australia. Um, and the last time a team went to the Super Bowl that won a road playoff game uh, was the 2012 season. Since then, home teams in the conference championships are 10-0 and over the past season and 8-2 and against the spread. Um, so 2012 was the last time, as I said, um, that an AFC or NFC championship, that was the Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco 49ers both, uh, one on the road in 2012. So, yeah, that, since then, no uh, home team has lost. So it doesn't matter the seeds, one and two are relevant. It's always been the home team in these AFC and NFC conference championships. It's also the first time since the merger that the four the league's four highest-scoring teams are the last four remaining in the postseason. So that old mantra of defense wins championships is kind of out the window, uh, probably since the Patriots-Eagles uh, last Super Bowl that was the highest-scoring and just an all- offensive machine and then all four remaining head coaches left in the uh, conference weekend have won the coach of the year award uh spoiler alert coaching is important um just for those who don't believe in that and just focus solely on players and quarterbacks um yeah coaching is important as uh just ask anthony lynn who just got completely depanced last week by bill belichick but uh here we are first game la at new orleans uh, both teams 13 and 3 uh, New Orleans had the uh, head-to-head record, so home field advantage. I think it's a massive advantage given um, the outdoors, indoors, the Superdome, how how noisy the Saints are. So they're favourites. Dollar sixty in the money line, two fifty the Rams. New Orleans three and a half point favourites. That total is sitting steady uh, at around fifty-six and a half. Uh, Daryl, what's your thoughts on this game? Uh, what's the model like? Um, so from a betting perspective, uh, on the side of the Rams here, so with the Rams, it's about a 7% edge at the three and a half, um, sort of standard flat three and a half line. Um, so that's an orange bet, kind of close to a green bet. Um, I think we'll see that go back and forward. Um, we have a small lean to the under 56 and a half in that one. I think it's two or three percent. Um, certainly not enough to bet. Um, and just from a kind of a pure head-to-head perspective, we have the Saints 59% chance of advancing from that game. Okay, that's interesting to note. I was, at the start of the week, I was all in on New Orleans minus three at the flat three. I uh, didn't put a ticket on, but I was just convinced that I thought, oh, you know, come podcast time, I would uh, be going in with New Orleans minus three. But that, that line's moved out, and the more research and the more reading and the more things that I looked at, um, the more I'm convinced uh, LA plus three and a half um, maybe the bet here. 
Um, so, yeah, the flat three, I'm probably out, but that extra little hook there on LA, um, you know, is a key number, as we've mentioned a um, hundred times during the show. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the last time it was 45-35 win to New Orleans in week nine. Um, two kind of things missing from this game. Saints Saints guard Andres Pete, uh, he's got an injured hand. He's going to play, but he's quite banged up, so that's something to note um, given the matchup against on the inside against Aaron Donald. And then the Rams' offense has kind of taken a little bit of a hit um, without Cooper Cup, but they've also added now C.J. Anderson. Um, so the Rams, they're 6-3 and three against the spread in their last nine games against New Orleans, but a 2-4 and four against the spread in, in their last six games on the road against New Orleans. So massive advantage there for New Orleans when they're playing at home. Um, New Orleans, they're 1-5 and five against the spread in their last six games, but they're 15-2 and two straight up in its last 17 home games. So I'm looking at a scenario here where I think New Orleans probably win, um, but I think LA can can cover that three and a half point spread there. So you know a three point win, two point win, uh, one point win potentially uh, for the Saints here in a close game that should be a lot closer than that uh, that blowout game. If you think back to Week Nine, um, the Rams had a bad call against a, a Johnny Hecker um, trick play on fourth down that should have been given a first down. That would have extended the drive. They would have scored. Instead, it would have been 14 all. Instead, the Saints got the ball back, went up 21-7, kind of changed the game and, and, and kind of put the Rams in a little bit of a hole. So just things like that can change and go their different ways um, when you look at this game. Um, what do you like from from a fantasy perspective, Daryl? What's the uh, fantasy inside a lineup cruncher like in this one? Um, so I think by far Ted Ginn is the best value um, across the whole weekend at Draft Stars. Um, I think he's ridiculously cheap. He spent like $200 per dollars per point cheaper than anybody else um, on a value manager. Um, Ingram and maybe Woods, I think, are also kind of viable options uh, if you're looking at kind of building lineups around them. Well, I, of all the players that we have got a common denominator on, Ted Ginn coming up is quite phenomenal, <laughs> actually. Um, it is pretty interesting. So I found a really good stat. Um, Football Outsiders, DVOA, Aaron Schatz, the founder of DVOA, um, he, he sent out a few tweets the other day. Um, so he said the Rams, they rank 6th in DVOA against short passes, 22nd against deep passes. The Saints, they rank ninth in DVOA against short passes and 32nd against deep passes. And then he says, oh, will the deep passes be fun on Sunday? So I think <laughs> if the Rams, um, yeah, if the Rams, you know, allow Breeze to get some time, I think Ted Ginn could have a big game. Um, it only kind of takes one sort of deep pass and Ted Ginn exceeds his value. As you said, he's insanely valuable, insanely cheap. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely the deep threat. And then if you're looking on the other side of the coin, I think Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods, um, I think one of those guys are more of the deep threats of, of their receivers there. Um, you kind of have to just flip a coin and see where you go and maybe leave that down to your lineup on what you can afford there. But I do think yeah. um, the, 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 the key matchup, though, in this game is the inside. I think the Rams, um, if... If Aaron Donald can really take advantage of a banged-up Andrews Pete, the, the stats on Drew Brees when he's under pressure to when he's not is quite staggering. Um, so his passer rating is um, worse by about 66 points when he's pressured, which is just the third biggest sort of gap in the NFL. So he, he kind of fades away very quickly with internal pressure. So I do think that's the key matchup in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, um, the, the Rams win last week. Their offensive line was just absolutely insane. They just mauled and mauled and mauled, and they put up two 100-yard rushes against this uh, Saints uh, run defense that I think second in the NFL this season. That's going to be tougher to do. 
Um, but if they can do it, especially now Sheldon Rankins is out for the Rams, then that could be a point of point of difference. Um, I forgot to mention, I like the over, so a little bit of a verse, uh, man versus machine here. Um, so according to covers, um, games with totals of 56 or higher in the playoffs have hit the over five out of seven times, and the over is 5-1 and one in Saints home playoff games since 2007. Um, each of the past four NFC Championship games have gone over the total, while the over is 6-2 and two in the Rams' last eight versus a team with the winning record. Um, so I kind of like the over in the spot here. I do think both teams' offenses are better than their defenses, even though their both offenses have really struggled compared to their early season form of late. Um, but I think it'll get back into rhythm here in the Superdome. Uh, Daryl, how much do you love referee stats? Uh, I just... Um, they're relevant for sure. Um, I remember when I first built a baseball model umpire, um, predicting umpire strike zones was a massive thing at the time. Wow. Um, it was kind of one of your kind of edges that you could find back then. But go on, what's your stat? Well, normally Woot is our key referee stat expert. He, despite being a guy that never blames the officials, he always seems to love yeah. the, the, uh, numbers here. So I've got a referee stat for both games. So I'll, uh, finish off this Rams, uh, Saints game with a referee stat. So, the reason this perked my interest is there's been a lot of complaints from Rams Twitter this week about Bill Vinovich being announced as the referee for the Rams and Saints game. Um, so looking at the team's record since 2012 when uh, Bill Vinovich uh, has served as a ref in one of their games, the Rams are 0-8, including 0-2 this season with Bill Vinovich. The Saints are 5-3, and and they've gone 1-1 and this season in 2018. So... The Rams, there's a petition out there by Rams fans to have Bill Vinovich um, <laughs> not, ca- not call this game. So if you want to go that deep, um, then that could be uh, a way to go. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm, I'm keen to watch this game. Um, I forgot to mention as well, Like I'm not sure if the Fantasy Insider Cruncher likes Michael Thomas, but his last game um, against the Rams, he had uh, uh, 12 or 15 targets, 211 yards, and, and a touchdown against them. Um, didn't face a keep to leave. Um, in that game. So that's going to be a big difference maker is whether Tlaib uh, tails uh, Michael Thomas. So that's a, an underrated aspect in this matchup as well is the presence of Tlaib. Um, but I do think that the Rams' defense can be passed on. So, um, yeah, it's hard to pass on Thomas just given how good he went last week. I think he had 170 yards and a touchdown and 12 catches last week. Um, dude's a machine. But, um, yeah, that's something to, to look at as well from a DFS perspective. Yep, and it's, as you mentioned earlier, when you're picking your wide receivers, it's going to depend what quarterback you're going with as well. Um, it's such a small slate, the combinations are going to be high, so you're going to want to make sure you have the quarterback that pairs with the wide receiver who you think is going to get the touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, stacking's very important uh, in this two-game slate. All right, let's get to the second game here, the AFC Championship game. Another rematch um, here between uh, the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots got the best of the Chiefs in their first meeting this season, picking up a narrow victory at home um, in a contest that, again, went over 80 points, 83 points, 43 to 40. Um, was a shootout. Um, Holmes was a little bit, uh, you know, costly at times through uh, two interceptions, but still through four TDs. Has grown as a player since then. Obviously, no Kareem Hunt uh, for the Chiefs, who've had a big game in this matchup last time. But uh, New England, they're $2.45. Kansas City, $1.62. The Chiefs. At Arrowhead Stadium, three-point favourites, flat three. Total is 55.5. Um, it dropped a little bit um, because there was a severe weather warning, but that's kind of subsided a little bit, and the uh, total's kind of plateaued um, in the last sort of 24 hours now. 
um, after that weather warning's gone away. What's the model like here? I know it's, it's been a KC fan for quite some time. It has. Um, it's not betting this week. It does lean towards kind of the city minus three, um, not so much on the money line, kind of more or less in line with the market there. Uh, we've had 2% on the under 55 and a half, um, again, kind of within kind of your juice range. So wouldn't be betting that either. So from a betting perspective, not a lot of interest in that one. Um, we make KC a 61% chance to advance out of that game. So slightly more likely than we make the Saints in the other one, but not enough from a betting proposition. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, do you think that would likely move if it ever, say, went to 2.5 or or even the other way to 3.5 and, and, and go towards the Pats? Um, I think 2.5 is more likely to get you um, an orange play than 3.5 on the Patriots, um, just kind of based on where it is now. Um, yeah, if it, if it moves to 2.5, I might be have some interest in looking at it again from a Kansas City perspective. Okay, there we are. I am all over New England in this game. I'm taking them at the money line, the plus three, and I'll take under 55 and a half. Um, I just, I just, I know there's a lot of stuff here. I'm going to mention a lot of stuff here about uh, New England home road splits, which is just a, a massive sort of difference between the way they played at home and on the road. Just completely two different teams. Um, but I've seen enough New England playoff games now to know that uh, they they always seem to find a way to win and. And, you know, you've got to be lucky to win playoff games, and they always seem to, to have that. And some say you create your own luck, and, and that's the case. But um, I'm just not going to bet against Bill Belichick until that guy uh, leaves the NFL or uh, or owns the NFL, whatever happens first, basically. Um, but, yeah, so the, the trends against the Pats here is... Their struggles on the road. So uh, they were three and five straight up, and against the spread away from Foxborough, their five losses are against five non-playoff teams: Jags, Lions, Titans, Dolphins, and Steelers. They averaged less than twelve fewer points on the road compared to at home, um, and they're also zero and five trying to reach the Super Bowl after losing um, in the Super Bowl the, the previous season. Um, so you're looking at their home road splits this season. That at home, they averaged 33 points um, scored, 17 points allowed. They averaged 6.2 yards per play. Away from home, um, they allowed... Uh, sorry, they only scored 21 points per game, allowed 24 points per game, and only had 5.7 yards per play. Um, so they, they were ranked uh, second in the NFL in net yards per play at home, 26th away from home. Point differential or point margin ranked first at home, ranked 17th away. Red zone score, touchdown scorage percentage, 6 at home, 26th away. Um, opponents third down conversion percentage, 3rd at home, 27th away. And then it doesn't end there. DVOA as well. Um, uh, the Pats defense, this is again from Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz. Patriots defense at home was 2nd in defensive DVOA, um, but their defense on the road was 31st in DVOA. Um, so that's definitely interesting. And it's also worth noting, Pat Mahomes scored 40 against the Pats in New England. Uh, now plays at home. So why the hell am I picking <laughs> the uh, Patriots? Well, I'm picking them because their last time they played each other, um, they the Pats kind of destroyed the Chiefs in what's called 21 personnel, which is two running backs on the field, tight end, two wide receivers, um, and they destroyed the, the Chargers last week doing the same thing. So they have an 80% success rate uh, in their last meeting passing in that uh, formation, 65% success rate. Um, rushing, these are all from Warren Sharp of Sharp Football. And Sony Michelle averages over five yards per carry in 21 personnel as well. 
and Kansas City's the NFL's worst defense against 21 personnel. So the matchup there just allows James White to be a great receiver, Sonny Michelle to be a great runner of the football, and I just think that's going to be the big advantage um, for the Patriots, and I think Bill Belichick's going to outsmart Andy Reid and get the job done, and we're going to have to put up again with the Patriots in the Super Bowl yet again. Um, but what do you like from a DFS perspective? Um, so DFS wise, I think there's a few interesting players here. James, um, so James White and Gronkowski, I think, um, both kind of interesting plays. Watkins, um, on the other side of that one, potentially some interesting value as well. Um, I think it's another case where, um, you're going to depend on what stack you're going to play. Um, try and find the right people that fit in there. And then those guys give you a bit of value saving, um, as part of that stack combination. Yeah, okay. There we go. I, I like James White as well. Um, so I'll probably have a mix of uh, sort of three-man stacks, I think. Um, I'm just going to have Brady in all my lineups, um, most of my lineups. I will mix it up a little bit. I'm not going to be that stubborn. But um, I do like James White. I think he could just catch like 15 screen passes in this game um, from Brady in that in that 21 personnel lineup. And I do think Gronk is underrated aspect. We talked about how bad the Chiefs were against tight ends last week when we talked about Eric Ebron. Um, didn't quite eventuate as the Colts caught it, kind of stalled a lot offensively, um, but you, you won't expect that from sort of New England, um, especially at home. Uh, uh, sorry, not at home, but um, in the big dance here, um, Tom Brady and, and the Pats are 20 and 4 when the temperature is below 30 degrees. So um, they, they're used to, to playing in cold weather, and I think Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick will do enough uh, to sort of help, um, you know, Brady and Gronk. And, and Gronk, he. Hasn't been Gronk, but he looked like Gronk in that one catch he had last week for 25 yards. So um, I feel like a lot of people might not play him um, at all. So that's definitely interesting. It is worth noting as well that um, Bill Belichick has just struggled to stop Tyreek Hill um, in all facets of the game when they've when they've played him. So he could be a real um, difference maker, boom and bust play. But can you have two of those when you have Ted Ginn in your lineup? Um, it's it's kind of a risky strategy, Darrell. It is. Um... Yeah, it's a tough one. The salary combinations also kind of make it weird this weekend. So um, I think it's a case of trying to figure out what you can afford, locking in kind of two or three players um, that you really want, and, yep. and then kind of building around that, making sure, though, that your wide receivers are correlated to yep. your um, quarterbacks, because I just don't think you can win a two-slate contest um, if you're going to pick players from different games, uh, wide receiver and Game. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, just a few more quick stats on this game before we wrap things up. Uh, so the Chiefs, obviously their defense played outstanding last week and really showed up, even though you know they've been a, a kind of a sieve all season. Um, they're allowing just 17.5 points in home games this season, which is the third best in the NFL. Um, but this season they've allowed 33 or, f- or more points on five occasions, which should give enough tape for Belichick to, to potentially exploit and then this is a weird stat as well. Belichick is 6-2 and two all-time against Andy Reid coached teams, but in the 342 games that Belichick has coached throughout his entire career, only seven times has his team, has his team allowed 40 points or more. So three of those sevens are actually against Andy Reid coached offenses. So that's definitely something to, to consider if you are a Chiefs fan. Um, but again, in the spot here, I just can't bet against... Uh, the Patriots uh, in this spot. Uh, I think they're a lock. Um, better the century, Daryl. New England plus three. New England money line. <laughs> Calling it right now. They, they win. Shock everybody. Um, and I have some referee stats just on this game as well, just because 
um, in Woot's honour, I think it would be fair. I think he might be back for the Super Bowl show, which would be great. Um, so referee stats, we've got Cleet Blakeman uh, refereeing this game. Uh, the Patriots are 4-6 and six in games which Blakeman was part of the crew of. He was also part of the crew during, uh, quote-unquote, the, the, the deflate gate scandal. Um, so that's something to to monitor. Um, and the Chiefs, they're 6-2 and two with Blakeman as the referee, including 3-0 and oh at Arrowhead Stadium when Blakeman is refereeing. So um, both referee stats favor the home team. Um, and then obviously the home teams are on a 10-0 and 0 run. Um, maybe that is a little bit correlated as the referees get a little bit swayed by the, uh, by the home, uh, home crowd advantage and, and, and all that like. Yeah, I, I just have not a bet in the referee, but we'll see. Yeah, a bit um, of fun. You, you, make a, you make a compelling case for the Patriots. I'm not sure I'd call it a bet of the century, but a compelling <laughs> case nonetheless. Um, yep. And as I say, they uh, messed us up last week. So, yep. surprised me if they win this week. As I say, it's a game I'm going to stay away from, barring some kind of dramatic line movement that I probably don't expect to see in a championship game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely betting on that one. I'm betting on New England. I'm betting on them plus three and the money line, but I keep, I am keep tossing and turning over this LA New Orleans game. Um, I think that three and a half, three lines, really, really tricky given these two teams and, and they're just so dramatically different, both of them, the way they've been playing since that sort of week nine matchup. So that's, uh, definitely something to monitor. Uh, Daryl, before we wrap things up, obviously you mentioned at the start of the show, Oz Open Tennis and, and Big Bash and things. How is that all going? Um, busy, busy month here in, uh, January and, uh, as we head towards February for, for Stats Insider. Yeah, very busy month. Um, yeah, tennis has been going well for us so far. Um, the game line, the total games markets, I think in particular, have been strong. Um, I think we're just, we're showing a small profit on head-to-heads as well. So, yeah, pretty good start to the um, tennis season and the model that we've got running there. Um, Big Bash is ticking along. Um, some decent wins there. Um, I think they still are playing NBA, although I've not paid any attention to it at all. <laughs> um, and then uh, what have we got coming up? We've got um, uh, NOL AFL not far away. Um, we'll have AFLW on the site again. Um, we made a ridiculous profit on that last year. It's a, obviously a pretty soft betting score. You're yeah. not going to get big bets down, but uh, it's, uh, there's some good opportunities there. And I think we're also going to do some interesting stuff around um, AFLW data that's just kind of not being covered elsewhere. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out there. Yep. Um, and then we've also got Super Rugby launching mm, towards the end of Feb and baseball in what is, what, March 22nd or something that comes about this year. Yeah, it sneaks so, up on you. Yeah, no rest. No, it is. The good <laughs> thing about NBA, though, is it just goes for so long that you can kind of zone out for a month or two, focus on cricket and tennis, and then just jump straight back into the NBA once the NFL's finished um, and you just get back into the full swing of things. You, you haven't really missed anything. Um, I feel like the season really gets going after All-Star Weekend anyway, so uh, that's the beauty of a long, long season, and, and I guess that's the yeah. same with baseball. Yeah, I mean, with basketball, I think you have to pick selectively. Um, there's a lot of teams that aren't trying, I guess, uh, yeah. after the All-Star break, or are trying for draft picks, um, which computer models struggle with. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, pick your games selectively, pick the games that kind of we know everybody's competing, and then obviously the players are particularly... Um, good time of year for betting around and watching the NBA. Um, and yeah, the same with baseball. Um, baseball doesn't kind of have the advert, um, sort of perverse incentives of the draft system um, to the extent that the NBA does. Um, and I think you kind of get a bit more of a consistent effort through the season. But yeah, baseball is a really fun betting sport. 
Um, obviously, you've got your starting pitchers kind of dominating what how the odds are set. Um, and obviously, all bets are kind of contingent on them. But yeah, we're looking forward to what we're doing for baseball. It's the first sports model I ever built was a baseball model. So it's one that I have a bit of a soft spot for. Yeah, definitely. It sounds good. Um, people can check that out on statsinsider.com.au. Um, and you can check out uh, right up until kickoff uh, what the Stats Insider model uh, likes closer to kickoff as the line moves and, and, and things change and, and more news comes out. Um, so definitely check that out, not just for NFL, but a range of sports, as Daryl has touched on just there. All right, well, that uh, that wraps up uh, the show for yeah, just two games, very brief show. Um, we'll be taking sort of next week off. Um, I definitely would not be doing a Pro Bowl uh, episode. I can <laughs> goddamn guarantee that. Um, and uh, we'll be back the following week, uh, all hands on deck, uh, hopefully to preview uh, the Super Bowl and uh, who will be involved in that. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see. But enjoy the weekend, Daryl, and uh, we look forward Thank to you. speaking to Thank you, you. Uh, in, a, in about a fortnight. Uh, we get get the week off. Enjoy the week off from, from no NFL, no podcasting. Um, you're, free, you're free from having to talk to, uh, to Josh and I. <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, looking forward to chatting Super Bowl. Looking forward to seeing who's in it, and it should be a good game. Yeah, it should be great. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Wooten Y. You can follow Daryl on Twitter at DP Woodford and on at Stats Insider. And until next time.